Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce, and I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Margaret Hall, who is the CEO and co-founder of the Greenlight Fund. Hello, Margaret. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Hi, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Yeah, I'm very excited to tell this story, as you as you can imagine. But before kind of we get into that and dive deeper into the Greenlight Fund, if you wouldn't mind so that our audience can become more familiar with you, can you go into yeah. a little bit more information about your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure, absolutely. So um, I'm based in Boston, which is where the Greenlight Fund is based. But I moved here about 21 years ago from Atlanta, Georgia, where I was for the first uh, many years of my career. Um, mostly working in the nonprofit sector. I um, both worked during the day in the nonprofit sector with organizations that supported nonprofit organizations to be more effective at delivering on their missions with management consulting and professional development training for their employees. I also was very involved in um, the founding of an organization called Hands on Atlanta, which is now part of a national network um, all these years later that collectively are um, are leading and engaging people in direct service in their community. So I had this background um, in, in Georgia and in the early part of my career in both helping nonprofits be effective in delivering on their missions and engaging people in the work of nonprofits um, in ways that uh, strengthen the community and um, and built community. And so I moved to Boston in uh, 2001 to go to the Kennedy School at Harvard uh, to study nonprofit management leadership policy and um, and did that and had an opportunity while right after that to join the Center for Effective Philanthropy when they were just getting off the ground. And I worked with them really as a fellow and kind of what they added to the mix of the things that I had experienced so far was um, how we think about philanthropy and how we fund organizations, fund nonprofits to get the kind of impact as funders that we want to see in the community and also to prove our value as funders in the community. So, um, so when I, when I first, um, began to think about and work toward launching Greenlight, what I was bringing was this mix of how how do you prepare organizations to effectively deliver on their missions, to be effective organizations um, in all the ways any organization company needs to be effective? How do you engage people in that enterprise as volunteers? And also, how do we fund organizations to help them be effective and impactful. And so um, my path crossed John Simons, who is my co-founder in Greenlight, who is a for-profit entrepreneur and investor and also a nonprofit entrepreneur and investor. And so um, and so I'll, I can tell the story about Greenlight's history and founding, but that sort of brings me to the moment of um, of when I crossed paths with John, my co-founder, and uh, and have been in Boston since then, working on Greenlight, first in Boston and now in 12 cities around the country and growing. It's an incredible story. And the first thing I'll say is thank you for everything that you've done. This work is so incredibly important. I know Greenlight has a long history of success here in helping enable and empower these nonprofit organizations to drive incredible impact. And you're saying so many things I want to dive into, and we will, I promise. But before we get into that, I, I don't want to miss an opportunity for you to talk a little bit more about Greenlight Fund's mission. 
uh, and help yeah. our listeners get a better understanding of what it is, how you drive impact, those types of things. Great. So Greenlight's a national organization, but we're very much locally focused and work at the local level in our now 12 cities. And what we're about is really um, helping bring change for for people who have experienced barriers to economic mobility, who ha- who have and are navigating poverty and and working hard to move out of poverty and stay out of poverty, often they are facing barriers that are rooted in inequities, long-term inequities, um, racial inequities that really have created poverty in our cities in a certain sort of way, concentrated in, in, in particular ways and affecting disproportionately um, black and brown residents of our community. There's a long-term history of, of setting up uh, the conditions for that to happen. So what we're about is really trying to change the trajectory for, for folks who navigate poverty and, um, but very focused on the local level. And what we do in order to do that is provide a tool that communities can use to do something that just doesn't happen as a matter of course without a green light. And that is to help communities identify where there are the greatest barriers to economic mobility. There are um, there are the greatest needs that people in the community see that we need to overcome in order to make economic progress um, and have the kind of inclusive prosperity we want. And so, so when we find that need working with the community, could be early education, it could be high school graduation, it could be college persistence, all the things that we know help move people out of poverty more permanently. When we identify that need, Greenlight then goes and looks around the country for what's really working to bring to the community to meet it. So it allows communities a way to not only identify needs and gaps and services on the ground where where they need something innovative um, to make the kind of progress they want, but instead of sort of recreating something locally or innovating something locally, really using what we know works because it has a track record of working. It's got invasive evidence that we can look at. And so we're sort of this matchmaker between community needs and what's working around the country, bringing that into the community and working, funding it uh, to come into the community and then working closely with the local and national leaders of that organization to make sure it gets rooted deeply in the community gets the impact that we've been able to see in other places and um, importantly is sustainable in that community over time. And so we can unpack how we do that. Um, but it's really, you can think of Greenlight as this match between community needs and social innovations that have been created and proved out elsewhere um, in order to help communities make the progress that they want to see. It's fantastic. Yeah, there's so many interesting elements to the work here, which I think is critically important for this world of driving, delivering, scaling impact for the population of people that need it most, which you've done an excellent job articulating. And I think it is a shining example as well in terms of also what's possible, the capabilities that we have if we approach tackling these problems and challenges in a certain way. And I know Greenland's got a long history of having done that successfully and empowered these organizations to do so. So definitely want to dive into that a little bit further. Before we get there, probably worth uh, adding to what you had kind of alluded to towards the end of what you just were talking about, and that's 
how Greenlight essentially drives impact today. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about some of those details as well, too, in terms of the work that you do, which sounds very pragmatic and data-driven, which me being a tech geek, obviously I love. (laughs) So I'd love to hear you talk more about that. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, what we want for our communities is impact for um, for residents who are navigating poverty and identified ways that um, they need support navigating out of poverty. And so impact for us means measurable, observable change. Um, So if if we um, if the issue that's been identified is college persistence and graduation, we don't want to know just how many people are go- are um, participating in the program. We want to know how many people are actually staying in college because of the program and graduating from college as of the pro um, because of the program. So we are we are we do that in a couple of ways. One, as we are doing the diligence on organizations before we bring them into the city, and that's about a nine month diligence process. So it's an intensive diligence process. You can think about it. Um, like the kind of diligence and vetting a private sector investor would do in a company before making a significant investment in them. But in any case, you know, we are, we're looking at the evidence that, that um, has informed the development of their program. So is it really based on what we know is true about the field that they're in, um, in terms of how you get impact and then we are also looking at their their evaluation, so their track record of getting of getting results themselves. And you know, so we're looking at looking for organizations that use data to manage and drive performance. They have the tools, the internal tools to collect and analyze that data and know what the results are, and and are using that data in a smart way to not only know if they're making progress and getting the results they want, but also to change and course correct. Because, you know, we very much believe that um, conditions change, conditions can change city to city. So if you, so if organizations aren't collecting and using data to understand what's working and not working, um, then, you know, they're going to miss opportunities over time, or they're going to neglect the kinds of improvements they'll need over time. Um, but we also want to know what outcomes that they're looking for um, and whether or not they have evaluated whether those longer term outcomes are being achieved. Fantastic. I love the differentiation, too, between the you know inputs, outputs and outcomes. Right. There's right. a lot of talk and I want to get into a topic related to that, which you've alluded to as well. Before I do that, I was going to ask you about some of the language that I, I know you use, which. I imagine you're choosing very precisely, which I think helps quite a bit to get everyone aligned in this world, which gives increases the probability of progress and impact and scaling that impact. And I've heard you say numerous things multiple times, like evidence-based, results-oriented, the innovation. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about those terms and what they mean in this world, mm-hmm. why they're mm-hmm. so important for driving impact. Well, they're important for driving impact because in order to know whether or not what you're putting money into um, is producing what you want and what the community has said it needs, you need a way of measuring it. And so, and you need a way of measuring that is validated, that is, um, that meets the standard of good evaluation that we know exists in terms of how you measure it, how you 
um, how you develop experimental trials and ways of evaluating just to know if 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 these are um if this is if this is solid and valid um uh measurement of what what we're looking for um and then it's also really important you know in this in this work you know where it is um we're talking about behavior change we're talking about organizations that support people through relationships with those people which is how you get behavior change over time um and so so in addition to the numerical data the quantifiable data the experimental trials and evaluations we also want to see a way of assessing and evaluating that's really based on the satisfaction of the the end user people who are using these programs are they meeting their needs are they being delivered in a way that is culturally competent um meets the needs of of folks who are in the situations that they are in um because that is that is so important um to making the kind of change that that our communities want to see and the resonance that our organizations are serving and supporting want to see. Well said. And I think that also lends itself well to the outcome oriented element, which is we want to be as effective as we can with where the investment's going, right? So we should be able to leverage things that we see elsewhere, even outside the nonprofit sector in terms of what delivering those results ultimately look like. So I love the evidence-based approach because that can really boil it down into the numbers that says, where have we really been able to drive impact? And as such, which have been the most effective that may also be warranted for additional investment into that to drive even greater results. So I really like that approach there. It's very uh, pragmatic, so to speak. So that the tech person in me is a big fan. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, yeah. Where what I was curious to pick your brain about as well also is something I've I've heard you kind of allude to to a certain extent. And I know Greenlight has a thorough process they go through in terms of figuring out who to partner with and ensuring that the mm -hmm. results are ultimately there. But then from what I've come to understand as I've learned more about your wonderful organization and the amazing team members you have that do great work, is Greenlight's also doing a lot to combat what this problem that I call kind of the strings attached problem in the nonprofit mm -hmm. sector, which is oftentimes, you know. And this is something that like Anne Mae Chang and Lee Impact, she talks quite a bit about that in her book, where the funding sources sometimes for a number of these mission-driven initiatives can be tied to funding, which is associated with a certain like focused, as you talked about already, focused mm -hmm. almost more on an output, which may or may not be relevant to driving the outcomes, which are related to the impact that we ultimately want to achieve. And I believe Greenlight, from what I understand, is doing quite a bit to make progress there as well also, which says, after we have vetted and underst understood that this organization is driving real impact, then we make the investments and we let them do what they do best, uh, because we know that they're able to take those investment and then ultimately deliver the successful outcomes. I love to hear you talk about that challenge a little bit in terms of what that landscape looks like in the nonprofit sector and what other leaders and executive directors can potentially do in order to try and make progress against it because it may be holding some people back. Yeah. And this has been something that the nonprofit and philanthropic sector has looked at and talked about for a while. And it goes back to um, uh, 
for me, my time at the Center for Effective Philanthropy that was really looking at best practices in, in, um, in philanthropy in a number of dimensions, but certainly from the standpoint of enabling nonprofits to do what they're set up to do, which is to deliver impact in communities. Um, and so, so we, we designed Greenlight in a way that honored what we know works with, with nonprofits um, to really help them. As somebody said, we want to fund, fund you to win. We want to fund you um, like we truly believe in you. Um, and so we we do have a thorough diligence process for these organizations. But when we select an organization and we put about $600,000 into getting them to our city, that is 600,000 of general operating support. The only condition is that they use it to come to our city. But how they spend it in our city, it doesn't matter to us. What we're partnering with them to do and, and funding them to do is to use the expertise that they have because they're, they are the expert at, at doing what they're doing to deliver the impact or the outcomes that we're looking for. And we've diligenced them and we, we know that they've gotten those outcomes in other places. And so, you know, so that's part of it. It's just the general operating support over multiple years, trusting the nonprofit to be the expert in what they do. We are not the expert. And then I would say the uh, another aspect that has been important to us from the beginning is partnering with those organizations and not only putting dollars into them, but putting our relationship capital into them, our networks into them. So, um, you know, Part of what we are uh, we are trying to address with the Greenlight Fund is the fact that even the best nonprofits with great leadership, great models, well executed evidence that they're working don't necessarily get where they're needed. They don't spread and scale at the level that we need to have the kind of impact across the country and cities across the country at the level that we need them. And a big part of that is, is, is you can build capacity at the national organization to scale out. But when you hit a community, all the dynamics at the community level are at play. You don't know folks there. This is a very relationship-oriented enterprise. Funding is based on relationships. Partnerships are based on trust and relationships at the local level. So our role with these organizations and the sort of capacity that we give them is, is those relationships. It's saying it's it's partnering with them at the community level, making introductions, being sure they meet the folks that they're going to need to be successful um, in partnerships, um, in navigating the funding community and navigating the local political environment, um, and, and avoiding the obstacles that can come up if you don't know how, how a city works. And so that deep partnership with them, that deep trust in them, that being willing to use our capital beyond the dollars, but our relationship capital, our relationships in the city to help them get set up quickly rooted deeply in the community to get the impact and sustainability we want. Those are sort of the elements that that we've implemented in how we support and fund organizations. And they're elements that any funder can can use. It's the idea that you trust organizations to be the experts. You're not the expert, the organization's the expert. It's the idea that you fund them at a level to win with general operating support, not tied to a particular program. Um, but taking into account that it takes 
strong IT. It takes great leadership. It takes um, expert staff to deliver on deliver those outcomes. And then trusting them and partnering with them and making introductions for them and having a kind of relationship with them that they can come to you and say, this isn't working. What should we do? Or I'm trying to get to this, to this person or this entity, how you can help, how you can help. I mean, that's to us, that's really that's really support going all in for organizations and supporting them to win, supporting them like we're fully behind them and we we mean for them to to um to be successful and we'll do everything we can. Um that's really been wired in from the beginning for Greenlight. That's fantastic. I gotta imagine having a partner like that makes all the difference for a lot of these organizations. So your approach is certainly admirable and obviously the results-oriented element proves the fact that that's working quite well. Next, I was going to ask about plans for the organization or Greenlight Fund to kind of scale impact from where you are today. What do those plans yeah. look like? Can you share those with us? Yeah, absolutely. And and so, you know, we have been supporting for the last almost 20 years, now 45 um, replications of organizations into one of our cities. So we've, we've run this process and supported an organization come into our city to meet needs um, and really been looking at how organizations scale their expansion model. Um, and so over the last 10 years, we've been scaling ourselves, Greenlight. So it's sort of very meta, you know, we're, we're supporting scale and scaling ourselves. And I wish I could say we had avoided all the challenges of scale and replication, but I think sometimes you just have to learn your own lessons. We, we knew a lot, but we've learned a lot, but we are continuing to grow Greenlight. So we, um, we're in 12 cities now. We just recently opened Chicago, um, as our 12th city, we are um, we are um, planning, finishing the exploration phase and planning a launch to launch Denver in early next year. I'll, I'll put in a plug for um, for folks in Chicago and Denver or, know, or people who know folks in Chicago and Denver. We are hiring executive directors in both of those areas who are rooted in the community to run Greenlight in their communities. And so the way we're scaling impact um, in addition to supporting organizations in, in a way that we know helps them scale to our cities and then scale in our cities and sometimes state statewide, um, we are also scaling our impact by getting to new cities to be able to run this this process and have impact in in cities. And we've you know we've really seen our scale tick up exponentially as we add cities and now we have 12 and growing cities running this process. So you know last year alone, the portfolio organizations, the organizations we've supported in our cities reach more than half a million individuals just in one year. And so, you know, so that is really, you know, we're really seeing that, um, that increase tremendously. And, um, and, and that's, you know, that's how we'll be scaling our impact. It's incredible. And congratulations on the progress. And uh, by all means, anyone listening in, Definitely would encourage you to take a look at the opportunities Greenlight Fund has available, especially in those cities as the organization is growing. That's very exciting progress. Beyond that, uh, Margaret, I wanted to thank you a ton for being here, sharing this message. It's it's incredibly important for, and really provides the, the level of support that those that need it most really need. Uh, beyond that, I was going to ask you if there's any other messages you wanted to share with us that can be helpful for your organization in terms of how people can get involved and support 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, we'd love to stay in touch with folks. So if you want to come to our website, greenlightfund.org and sign up for our newsletter, we have a national newsletter. We also have newsletters in each of our sites. So you can sign up for the national one or an individual sites. And if if we're in, if you're in one of our cities, would love for you to get on that local list as well uh, to stay abreast of what's happening in your city. Uh, and I can say the cities that we're in are, let me see if I can get all these right now, Boston, Philadelphia, uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, Cincinnati, Detroit, Atlanta, Kansas City, Charlotte, Newark, Baltimore, uh, Chicago and Twin City, St. Paul and Minneapolis. And then um, we're working toward Denver. So sign up for the newsletter in any of those sites. Sign up for the national newsletter to find out when Greenlight's coming to your city. And um, and uh, if you know folks in, in Cincinnati, which we're already in, but we're hiring an executive director there and Denver and Chicago, we'd love to hear from them. Amazing. Thank you. I do want to make sure we get the website URL mentioned in the recording as well, too. So please feel free to share that. You don't necessarily have to spell it. For any of the listeners, uh, please check the show notes. We'll have any and all the links that Margaret's mentioning listed there as well, too. So on your phone or your laptop device, whatever, however you're listening to this content, you can go into those details and see those links or just click on them right there. But I do want to make sure we capture that URL. And then in addition to that, Margaret, I'd love to hear for you to share with us as well. Also, if there's anybody in particular, that may want to reach out to you, um, how they should do, you know, who who should be thinking about reaching out to you and how should they think about getting in touch? Great. Um, so the URL is um, www.greenlightfund.org. And um, folks can reach me at info at greenlightfund.org. The e- uh, that's the email, info at greenlightfund.org. And you know, I would say reach out if you know great organizations um, that that are scale worthy and scale ready and are working in some way to help um, to help folks increase their economic mobility and move folks toward more inclusive prosperity. Um, reach out if you're if you are um, a funder who works in this area is interested in what we do or interested in what any of our portfolio organizations do reach out if you're in a city that green lights in and you want to get involved or you're in a city that you think um green light should be in uh so um so welcome welcome that from from anybody and everybody because our hope really is and our vision really is that every city has green light that can play this kind of role and be this kind of tool to help solve the the or address the challenges that hold people back from making the kind of inclusive prosperity and economic mobility that we want to see. Thank you so much for that mission statement, Margaret, for taking the time to record this episode and for all the wonderful work you and your team at Greenlight Fund have done thus far, plus those plans to scale and grow from here. So I'd encourage all the listeners to reach out, get involved, support the organization any way that you can. I'm happy to do so as well also. Thanks so much, Sean. Really appreciate this opportunity and and the work you're doing to spread great news. It's the least that I can do. You're very welcome. Thank you again so much, Margaret. Thank you for listening to this episode of Scaling Impact. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. 
If you'd like to learn how to scale impact at your nonprofit organization by more than double in less than half the time, I'd encourage you to sign up for my free five-day email course at nextstep.io forward slash impact. That's nextstep.io, N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io forward slash impact.